What is good, peeps? Welcome to an indefatigable artist. Just wake and be. I am your host, Bleas, just a human being a multimedia artist in the 21st century. Episode 26 Incessantly Spinning A Broken Compass Needle Incessantly Spinning in a Circle Lost in Wooded Darkness I can hear the coyotes in the distance, their stench from rolling in a dead carcass. The only heat out here coming from my breath. I fell in love and then I left. An owl hoos above me. Incessantly spinning. That is what it feels like as a multimedia artist lost in the woods with a compass that is incessantly spinning. I think of the scene of Jack Sparrow when he holds the compass that is supposed to point in the direction of what he wants most. And when he's on the deserted island, he doesn't know what he wants. So the needle's just spinning. Makes you ask the question, what is it you want most from this life? If today was your last day, how would you like to spend it? Memento mori. Remember that you have to die. That is all you have to do in this life is die. Everything else is a distraction from that simple fact. It can be freezing to think about. I sit on it and I do think about that fact every single day. And over the course of years, it has led me to this moment. And every day, it's like a seemingly endless list of directions I could go in. Writing, recording, designing graphics, video editing, animation, 3D modeling, virtual reality building, live streaming. I want to do it all. And yet, I still have this incessantly spinning compass in my hand. And with that, I wake each morning and make the decision to go further further into the darkness, not knowing what is out there. I can only see what is directly in front of me, right here, right now. This is all the ground I can focus on, and any problems are dealt with right here and right now. I don't think about future problems. They will come soon enough. I don't think, what if there's a hole too big to get across up ahead? What if I have to change directions? Out here in the darkness, when you can't see anything in front of you or behind you, 
Sounds instantly come and go. Faces pass by, never to be seen again. Family pet already came and went. Remember that day we all wept? Take the next step. The poem I read at the beginning comes from a night I went looking for my dog Woody out in the woods. (laughs) He had been missing for about three days and we started to get worried. There was this other dog and mind you to set the scene, we're way out in the country. You can't even see your neighbor's house. Um, And there would be times leading up to this that he'd be gone all night long, running in the woods, coming back the next morning like nothing happened. Uh, This time, he went running with this neighbor dog. Uh, They became best of friends, as dogs can be. Um, And they had been getting into some trouble uh, with this local farmer of going on his property and chasing his animals uh, because the two look like coyotes and the guy can't tell if it's coyotes or dogs. So he shoots at them because uh, coyotes have been you know, killing his animals. And Woody was a blue healer, um, a herding dog. And when herding dogs like Woody and like his best friend uh, was also a herding dog. Um, when they don't have anything to herd, they uh, get really bored and can do some crazy things. Uh, we always kept Woody pretty busy for the most part. I especially did. Um, always doing something with Woody. Um, expending his energy, but the neighbor dog, not so much. And that dog, you know, would run away looking for something to do because it was so bored. They, these are highly intelligent dogs and need to be occupied. And when they're not, they go in search of something as this dog did. And it brought along my dog. Um, and some like my friend's dog, uh, not this one, but another one, um, when they get bored, they can turn mean and they can start hurting humans, like biting the back of your ankles and stuff, um, which this one did, uh, which was also a blue healer. Um, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but they have a very strong nature. They were bred, uh, for a specific reason. And when they're not, you know, used as such, um, they go in search of that. So, when he went missing on the third day, I went looking for him. I went during the day and nothing. So then I decided to go at night. And I went deep into the woods at night, pitch black. I was about 15 or 16, maybe a little younger. And all I had was a flashlight with me. Um, Woody and I at the time were inseparable. Um, I was with him almost every single day since my grandmother bought him. Um, and we had him trained really good, (laughs) despite the fact that I'm out here, you know, looking for him as he ran away. But this was the only time he, he did that, uh, for that long. Um, so here I am walking into deep into the woods, um, 
it's country dark, which is pitch black. The only light is the stars, which in the woods gets blacked out by all the leaves. Yet in this time, I lived in these woods. I loved going into these woods. You know, I felt like I knew almost every tree. I knew exactly where I was in these woods. Um, I rode horses back here, rode the four wheelers back here, camped out there a number of times, huge over a hundred acres of woods, nothing but trees and grass and animals. It was an oasis for me during a time that I really needed it. I could get away from all of the noise, all of the bullshit that I was dealing with. Um, Everyone I knew at the time seemed to just piss me off. Years later, I would come to the realization that I was choosing to piss myself off through everyone. Uh, Yes, some may have their own faults, but ultimately it was me making the choice on how to react. And in that time, it was to be pissed off. But out in the woods, where it could just be me, or me and my horse, me and the dog, and I loved riding the horse out there. They are very telepathic, just majestic animal, and I get sentimental all the time thinking about Bree and riding out there and just get getting away from it all and just listening to the sound of the woods. Um, man, what an an escape, uh, that was that I look back on. Um, uh, life led me there for a reason and it was the most formative time in my life and one that I will never forget. Uh, My subconscious will make sure of that um, as that farm is imprinted into my mind as I dream of that place more than any other, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dream writings at this point. And so many of them take place back there. Um, And when I free flow and writing, um, I find myself going back there a lot. Um, I went to Michigan last week and there hasn't been a time since moving away from Michigan that I don't go back driving down that dirt road um, and to see that farmhouse originally built in 1860 uh, is just very beautiful. And we went, I took Colorful Carol there uh, when we were looking for the full moon. And the first time we laid eyes on it, it was just perfect. Going down that dirt road, we were right in front of that farmhouse. And just the synchronicity of that and seeing that huge supermoon, I think that's what what brought me back there in this dream that I had recently. And this place just, it sticks with you and you just don't realize how beautiful, truly beautiful that place is. And I most certainly didn't, you know, in that time, even though I loved it over time, again, everything and everyone pissed me off. So, um, I didn't fully appreciate it. Um, but I 
am grateful for that time and learned a lot from it and still continue to learn from that time and, and reflecting on it and what it really meant and like writing it out, you know, over all of this time and even basing some of my chapters from my novels there. I mean, it was only right for me to have my character uh, grow up in a similar setting like that because that was real for me. Um, coming back to that night, looking for my dog, all I had was a flashlight, which about an hour of looking goes out. Goes out. Country dark. Pitch black. There was a hush. The darkness engulfed me in an instant. It was instantly all around me. Blackness chilling down my spine. I closed my eyes and took a scared deep breath in. I gathered my thoughts. These are my fucking woods. If you are here, it is me who you should fear. Then I opened them. My eyes adjusted more to the dark. I could see now about 10 feet in front of me instead of about 10 inches. But the sound of the coyotes started to get closer and closer to the point that I could smell the rancid corpses they had been rolling in and eating on when my flashlight went out i walked towards the edge of the woods uh, on this border of a hayfield we had back there so i could see more using the light from the stars and mr moon who was halfway blessing us with his presence that night i was calling out woody heel woody heel the command I taught him and he always listened to. And as I'm calling out, I could hear the barks of the coyotes getting closer and closer. And after about 15 or 20 minutes after the flashlight went out, I could see these green eyes, two green eyes coming straight towards me at a sprint. Um, I had my steel-toed boots on and heavy-duty flashlight in my hand. Um, previously, I've had to fight off a neighbor's German Shepherd and standard poodle, a big, mean standard poodle, by the way, and an aggressive German Shepherd that came at me as I walked up their driveway. Um, so I've had to kind of fend off dogs before and similar size of a coyote. Um, and during this time, you know, I've had my encounters with animals. I'll leave it at that as a teenage boy on a farm, um, unsupervised a lot, um, you know, did some things that maybe look back on and cringe at a little bit, but you know, anger will do what it will do. <laughs> but as long as you can look back and that's growth there of, recognizing wrongs but uh to say i was unafraid of really any animal out there 
you know, I was unafraid of any animal out there. Like I said, these are my fucking woods should be me. You're, you're afraid of at this point. Um, bullies and people. Yeah. I would cower to them at times. Um, because I was really small, but animals for some reason. And to this day, I have never feared. I feel like I have this connection with them. And even if they do something to me, and yes, animals can kill you. That's just mother nature. Okay. And I have just a deep respect for mother nature. You know, we're born from this planet, not into this planet. And it's, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, and that's, I think, the most respect that you could ultimately have for this planet is to say, this is bigger than any one individual. I am a part of this and whatever will be, will be. Uh, I, I came to that realization that, you know, after my first head concussion, <laughs> I've talked about this on previous episodes, but after that first head concussion, it really did put a lot into perspective for me at a young age that I didn't fully understand at the time, but it alleviated this fear of death that I think so many have. And it just kind of gave me a different perspective. Uh, and I carried myself that way of not fearing like, and that's why I broke so many bones. That's why I did so many things, jumping from barns and doing all this daredevil shit and, you know, riding bulls and wrestling them and riding horses that had never been ridden before, riding donkeys that had never been ridden before, um, messing with dogs uh, that would bite people and, and whatnot and being bit by, you know, dogs, you know, just not having that fear of it just letting go and just saying what will happen will happen you know all we have to do is die and whether that happens today tomorrow tomorrow isn't real but whatever um whatever will happen will happen and just letting that go and allowing yourself to see how infinite the right now is and i feel like pitch black darkness is a reminder of that. You know, you think of how dark the universe is and it is just just chaos. It incessant chaos and the compass with the needle infinitely spinning is also a reminder of that that there's an infinite number of directions you could go and there's beauty in that. And it's hard to focus in that, but it's, again, just one step. These green eyes sprinting towards me. And I remind you again, Woody looks almost indistinguishable from a coyote, especially at a quick glance. As these eyes are sprinting towards me, they're about 10 feet away from me. I have my leg back ready to kick, flashlight ready to swing. I see the white dot on Woody's forehead. It's like a triangle. And I realize it's him. The coyotes were coming after him for being deep in their territory. And leading up to this, he had gotten into a fight with a coyote that 
came to his feeder and I had to assist in getting the coyote out of the shed. Uh, this happened before with raccoons. They are vicious things when they are cornered, unafraid to run directly at you and bite at your legs um, and feet, grabbing you with their hands, as was the case with me walking into the granary one morning and getting in between a mother and her babies, completely unaware, half asleep as it was 6 a.m. in the winter hours before the sun would halfway show up for a few minutes that day. <clears throat> but Woody came right at me as I stood there at the edge of the woods knowing those coyotes were coming after him, probably one of the same ones he had fought before, knew his smell, so it was good that I went out that night looking for him. Who knows what could have happened? And I know by the look on his face that he was more than glad to see me. He healed just as I was commanding, and he didn't come off me the entire way back. <laughs> um, we were both glad of that, as the coyotes followed us <clears throat> all the way back. I could hear them on all sides, barking at each other, giving commands of their own. Uh, they wouldn't attack me. I wasn't worried about that. Um, it would take like a close encounter, catching them off guard, like me walking into the feeder or granary for something like that to happen. Uh, but they do go after dogs and other animals um, as people continue to build subdivisions out there, taking away their habitat. Um, and without a natural predator, coyote population has just skyrocketed into the state. Um, I think up north, they even brought up wolves to help, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about because uh what happens when they get overpopulated i don't know but uh that night specifically of going out there and the flashlight going out um has crept into many of my dreams um and i like to reflect on that feeling and also the feeling of when i would ride my horse at night and I couldn't, I couldn't see, but the horse could. The horse has better eyesight at night than humans do. And applying that as an artist, coming back to that incessant compass, it's how the mind feels as I fidget with a rubber band currently thinking and contemplating about the infinite now. What is it I want? Where would that compass point to in something that I want? And I've asked myself this and I continue to ask myself this and it evolves and it's okay for it to evolve because you're going further. You're taking it one step. It's not one singular distance. What is it I want? I want to harness my bliss and express it before I can truly rest in peace. I must express every piece of my soul to give that creative energy a positive and progressive outlet to become more emotionally intelligent as a result of it, to share that experience with others so they can apply it to their life and their own individualistic way 
What will you end up creating? Who knows? And that's the beauty of it. It's not destination happiness. It's not looking out and seeing a place you want to be. How can you see everything about it? You can't. There's always something waiting in the shadows that you didn't think of, just waiting for you. Oh, you wanted to be in this place and in this location? You think that is where happiness and fulfillment lie? Well, that is a lie. It's been inside you the whole time. We just disguise it so that more people buy, so that more people try and chase it. For if they stop running, so does this man-made economy. How much does this experience of life cost? Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's how much it cost. The only time that exists is right now. And it's infinite. That's what I saw in those dark woods. That is what I saw when I would run with my horse late at night. I couldn't see, but she could. Infinite. It was truly freeing, living for each exhilarating breath at a time. Watching the frosty air from my lungs dissipate into the black void. It's infinite. What could you possibly want in this moment? This moment that you will never get back, no matter how hard you try. And if this is my last episode ever, and one of those times that will be true. So I want to say it now, because if not now, when. But I just want to say before I go, one last thing. And if it's the last thing I ever say, I want it to be this. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and comment. It's free to support. A like and a share goes a long way. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks available at Blease.com. Let's go further together, one step at a time.